now listening to The Nasty Table, the premier source for tabletop role-playing actual play. Now come on in, relax, and pull up a seat to The Nasty Table. We're going to pursue the ducks in red Plymouth <laughs> Sexually explicit photos of children. Pushes all the shit off his desk and throws a map down. <laughs> this is the west side of the town. Is this grain in the room with us right now? Yeah, this car right when he came back from the service. There's evidence. So <laughs> the grain is in the room. Who's distributing this grain? I need to make a phone call. I smell it. Where's it from? Wednesday. Same place. Swaps from RJ. Murder is closed. This is a separate investigation. Chuck Berry's your, your and, grain distributor. Is, is, is his owner Johnny B? Johnny B. Good? <laughs> Yes, it's Johnny B. Grain distributes. <laughs> I love that hoodie. Did you work there? Doesn't Liv's dad like own them or something? Isn't that Liv's what it is? Liv's dad owns the Dairy Queen. <laughs> so I got all the free. I got all the free merch. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I like how it's just <laughs> all black. I know, dude. I like it. Like it's, it's kind of like cool. I. First glance, you're not thinking Dairy Queen, right? Yeah. This is the only one where I was like, Oh yeah, you got it. I gotta get hooked up with one of these hoodies, <laughs> yeah. like. The dog's 10, that's like that 70 in dog right. years. <laughs> that wasn't on, that, that should ne never put that out. Oh, that's, that's going in the, uh, Yo, that's going in the, in, the, in the final draft. <laughs> oh, no, no. Um, that fucking session. candle does not want to stay Damn. lit. I got it. Come on, you bitch. Pause for edit. Where's the, the lighter? This right podcast is sponsored by... Big lighters. <laughs> Daniel, that's a Yankee that's and it ain't staying lit. How fucked is that? That's fucked. Bobby Tillman is in the room with us right now. Well, let's fuck him up. It's probably Beat his ass. <laughs> it's, it's way too like, low. It's gonna go out again. Only if you like dig it out. I wonder. It's too short, bro. What, the candle's you, fucking broken? You cut it too short. <laughs> I didn't cut it at all. Someone cut it. You gotta charge Bobby it. Tillman <laughs> cut it. Fuck it. Leave Damn. it. I'll work on it. What a <laughs> shame. You probably have to like dig it out. Yeah, probably. It's a big fucking candle, too. It's fairly new. Yeah, there was a little bit of throw up there. <laughs> I mean, people... You look at this from any yeah. angle, it's a classic grain for kitty porn swap. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's textbook. That, you were taught that in, in, in fucking training camp. That's right out of the fucking book. <clears throat> Maybe it's just grain for kids, man. No porn. Mm. Grain for kids? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. We will see. Yeah, I love it's kind of like that thing in elementary school where you would like do Could little word games and donate rice. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you trade three sheep for a kid. Three sheep for a kid. Oh, God. Dude, that like literally still happens to this day in like other countries. Like, I give you my daughter for fucking 16 head of cattle. Yeah, like. It's like, all right, bet. <laughs> like, that's the dowry. That's, that's the dowry deal. payment. <laughs> yeah, like, how are you going to go home? You think my daughter's here, worth bro. 16 gattles? I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> how are you going to sit at dinner and be like, babe, we made some serious money today? <laughs> anyway, with the conclusion of your shift in violent crimes, the four of you, 
exit out and into the cold. See ya. 7 a.m., the sun barely beginning to crest above the horizon, casting an orange glow that jumps from rooftop to rooftop all across Linwood Falls. You each begin making your various ways home. So I do want to take this time and basically have you guys kind of describe what the drive home is like, what you do when you get home. You guys are leaving at 7 a.m., um, you know, and I'm, I'm, I am curious about what you guys are going to do in these 12 hours that you basically have until your next shift. I would ask, and this is also, you know, from a mechanical standpoint, you're going to have to set at least six hours aside for sleep. So for those those six hours of time, I'm, I'm curious on the uh, on the going ons. Our next shift is at seven tonight. Yes. Roy is uh, driving home. And he, uh... What kind of car does Roy drive? Are Dodge Durangos... Do they exist in the 70s? Here we go. Off to Google. I see you driving, like, a PT Cruiser. You think Roy is a PT Cruiser? I think Roy <laughs> comes off as a PT Cruiser guy, but then it's like... Yeah. He's got a daughter at home. He's got a... You know what I'm saying? I don't know. He's... You need room in the Dodge Durango to take Oh, uh, man. I'm just seeing 79 in the Durango. No. All right, he'll take a PT Cruiser. A nice. <laughs> Hold on, nice, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna get you a Durango kid. Oh. I'm, like, I'm looking at fucking listings right now. <laughs> he's like, Dodge Durangos don't exist in this timeline yet. All right, PT Cruiser. No, I don't think so. I don't think there was Dodge Durango. I believe that. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make the call. Okay. The, yeah. yeah. This is uh, the Godfather came out a year early, and the Dodge Durango doesn't come out until 1979. No God. All right, fair. Mm-hmm. Roy is in whatever would look like a Dodge Durango at this time. <laughs> okay. You know, 1972 equivalent. 71. 71, yeah. Um, and he's got in his cassette tape the Hawaii Five O theme song playing on his 10-minute drive home. He's just got it on loop. He, he's telling it, you know, he, it's, he's talking to April and he's like making fun of the show, but he's into the show. And he's listening to the... Th- he likes it so much, he's listening to the theme song. On the he drive. likes Hawaii 5 that much? He's pretty into it. He's pretty fucking into it. Anyway, Roy gets home, and just like, I guess a quick summary of what he's doing is he gets back, he starts making, uh, like, a PB&J, putting some snacks together, throwing some chips in a bag, packing it all up in a brown paper bag, puts it on the counter... Gets a sharpie and writes April on it. Mm-hmm. What what time of day is it, or would it be? Well, I imagine that you probably get home around like eight a.m. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. April's up, moving about. They're mm-hmm. chatting, whatever, just shooting the shit mm-hmm. before she goes to school. And as soon as she leaves, he goes to sleep. Okay. So just straight to bed. Straight to bed. Yeah. So how long do you think he's probably gonna sleep for? When do you think he's gonna wake up? If he's going to bed at like eight. Yeah, he's a six-hour sleeper. Six-hour sleeper, so yeah. up at uh, 2 p.m.? Yeah. yeah, 2. All right, and is there anything that you want to do during that time after you wake up? Sleep takes you rather easily. You're a seasoned guy, mm-hmm. and no matter what is going on in these cases, you are able to set that aside when you walk in the door and focus on yourself and getting the rest that you need. You wake up at 2 p.m. 
Cool. Yeah. Roy uh, gets up, kind of, you know, cleans himself up a little bit, um, but not too much because he's going out on the farm. He's taking care of Caper. Mm. He's giving him some nice pats, some nice brushes, cleaning up after his shit. Yeah, just pretty much takes care of the farm for uh, a few hours until things are nice and neat and tidy. Mm. And Um, then immediately getting ready for work. He wants to call uh, Chuck. Call Chuck? Yeah. About what time, you think? Um, I'd say about like 4.30. He's calling Chuck. Okay. Yeah. So you give Chuck a call. <clears throat> Is this Chuck's personal number or the business number? Chuck clocks, clocks out at like 5-ish. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to call him on at his work. Johnny Be Good Grain Distribution. Chuck, how's it going? No, Roy, how are you? Pretty good. Yourself? Not too bad, not too bad. Is there anything I can get you today? Um, No, not today. I got a couple more weeks on me now. Mm. Um, just had a quick question for you. If you have, if you can spare some time. Yeah, go ahead. Um, if we could, Chuck, just keep this between ourselves. What is this about, Roy? Just a little case I'm, I'm working on. A couple of my detectives are working on, too. Um, but for sake... For sake of the you know media's purposes and whatnot, I prefer if the state between us. Well, I believe that there is no relationship more holier than a grain distributor and his grain distributee. Right on that. My lips are sealed. All right. We found a uh, 55-pound bag, sack of grain, in the back of a truck. Truck owned by a young fellow that owns an apartment. Mm-hmm. Check the records. Doesn't own any any land. Anything beyond this apartment is beyond beyond our knowledge. Wanted to know if I could perhaps give you a name. See if you can, I don't know, see what's in your database. Sure, yeah. All right. Um, Bobby Tillman. All right, let me, uh, let me go look through. I'll, I'll let you know. Thanks, Chuck. A couple minutes pass. He comes back. No, I got nothing under Bobby Tillman or Robert Tillman or Rob Tillman. Okay. What kind of grain was it? Felt and smelled pretty similar to the grain you're you're giving me. Mostly seems like it's prioritized for chickens. Mm-hmm. Chickens. Well, chickens eat pretty much anything, but you know, grain is typically for larger livestock. Chickens will, like I said, eat anything. Mm-hmm. Do you know exactly what type of grain is it? What you get? Barley? Shit. Is that the kind of grain that I get? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's barley. I don't know what else I can tell you. Look, I was wondering if you could, uh, if there were any weird, maybe I wouldn't classify it as weird, but uh, unique kind of orders, maybe in smaller quantities than, you know, the bigger guys that you're shipping grain to. Um, Likely in, in this general area, Linwood Falls. Anything? Well, nothing really comes to mind, Roy. But I can keep my eyes and ears out for you. <laughs> All right. Be appreciated. Yeah, you got it. Um, one more thing, actually. Just one more thing. <laughs> I want to uh, I want to confirm because we got a list of fourteen landowners in the area that would need or use this kind of grain um chuck would have this knowledge or 
Chuck would have knowledge of landowners. Yeah, like who? who yeah, would, would he be able to identify <coughs> these fourteen distributors? Because we rat, you know, that's what we got from the office yeah, last night. Yeah, I mean, probably not. Mm-hmm. Like, if you pulled up to a farm somewhere and was like, "Hey, tell me all about those other farms in the area," mm-hmm. they'd probably be able to give you as much probably less than what you would have access to yeah talking about like plot size and stuff like that Mm -hmm. i mean you can ask them but probably not gonna know much more than you do okay i'm just gonna ask them for sanity's sake well roy i don't know much more than you do (laughs) (laughs) for sanity's sake roll sanity (laughs) (laughs) oh my god all right chuck Pleasure as always. Might be giving you a call in the near future about it. Yeah, please do. My line's always open, you know. All right. Appreciate it, Chuck. I'll be talking to you. All right. Love you. (laughs) (laughs) Click. Anything else that you want to do prior to uh, busting down? Shit, shower, shave, and I'm just chilling until work. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, Flores. What are you doing? For uh, 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 tell me what your drive home is like. Oh, um, it's terrible. Jerry's usually not like affected by any of the stuff that he like sees or whatever. He's usually pretty strong with it, working in violent crimes and stuff like that. Blood and that type of stuff doesn't bother him nearly as much as this has. Um. And it's still super new, so, like, the whole drive home, obviously, like, that's the only thing on his brain. I would say he just gets home. Sorry, I thought you were pointing at me. No. Um, I would say, like, when he gets home, like, he probably just... And what time is it? You live in Linwood? Like, right outside of it. Yeah, on the outskirts. Probably about, like, 7.30 in the morning. In the morning. Probably just gets home and goes right to bed. Probably, like, sees his wife, but, like, just, like, tells her that he... Had a long day or whatever, and just like tries to go to sleep, and he just can't. You know what I mean? He mm-hmm. just has like a really restless. His mind's racing. Starts like drinking until he goes to sleep, and then until until a shift, and that's just it. Like he's just kind of going through it. Lots on his mind. Does Jerry have kids? No. Gotcha. What's his wife's name? Emma. Mister Hoyt. What is uh? What what's what kind of car do you drive? Ray is driving. He's pulling out of the police station in a big, blue, rusted-out Ford pickup truck. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Yep. And even in the freezing cold, he's got one arm riding on the edge of the window. When he leaves the station, he wants to take... It's it's not on the way or not on the way, just side street, kind of. He uh, he, he wants to pass by, uh, kind of like perpendicular to as close as he can and then right down the street the bar mm-hmm. just real slow cruise down the street and he just kind of wants to glance in see what he sees even at this hour in yeah the it morning. looks like it's not open yet it actually looks like the lights are off and like the, the bar stools are on top of the bar and um so like the strip that it's on um how, how close can you get to driving behind the block that this is on. What's backed up against another building. And then that so building is on a street? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> but there is like a small alley that runs behind it. Mm-hmm. 
big enough for foot traffic, but not for, you know, a vehicle. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I I just kind of lurked there for like 10, 15 minutes or so, mm-hmm. different spots. Um, I assume you said I, I don't really see anything yeah. outside as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, I, I make my way home. Okay. Um, so I live similar to, to Jerry, outskirts of town. Mm-hmm. Pro- pro- not in Linwood Falls, um, more rural. Actually, real quick, Jerry, what is your what does your house look like? I have a house like your house. For the for the listening audience, really <laughs> long driveway. I mean, you do have neighbors, but like more more uh, isolated than your house. But like long driveway, you know, like kind of like back in the middle of the woods. Uh-huh. Not a huge house, but like a nice house, like a nice little thing. No neighbors. No neighbors. Nothing. Gets pretty crazy in the Flores household. Yeah, definitely. And so you're talking about going home, and I was curious what um, what Ray's house looks like too. Ray has like a really, really, really nice trailer. Oh, like okay, a nice double wide, you know. And it's not, but it's not like in a trailer park. It's similar to Jerry. It's like kind, a like a like he could go hunt on his property, and no one would know the. So it's more like a like a prefab cabin type thing. Yeah, yeah, sort of, mm-hmm. sort of. It it doesn't look great. But okay, it's sizable. You know, right. like it doesn't. You can tell he's not like poor or anything. And is uh, is Sarge the type of dog to run up to greet you, or is he obedient and kind of sitting by the door when um, you walk in? He'll he'll like walk up to greet mm-hmm. you. Know he yeah. he's obedient. He 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 knows what's up, but uh, he's friendly. He's not a total uh, police canine. Mm-hmm. Um, once I go home, I want to uh, smoke a couple cigs on the balcony, just decompress for a little bit, and then head to I, sleep. I imagine like your like you're when you step out on your back porch like it's kind of like a like a meadow almost yeah like a lot of yeah. like a like surrounded by woods but kind of like a clearing you remember the house in maine that we stayed at fuck yeah that's what I'm, i imagine like that backyard where you kind of step out onto like a decked backyard and you can like like a like a decked porch and you kind of look out and it's like a clearing almost so you rip a couple cigs and hit the sack yeah what's going through your mind about the case i mean like what's for, at, what's for, what parts of this case are bothering Ray? He was a little jarred that it's you know we don't see cases with minors, let alone child pornography. Like whether it was just a murder with a child is a little jarring, and then to have two in one night, even if they're totally unrelated in your head, you relate them because they happened on the same night. Yeah. So he's a little like 1971, mm. starting hot and heavy. Yeah. But um, he's he's always thinking about some other things. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, i.e. the first intro story. Yep. So that that helps him take his mind off of whatever shit's going on at work. And with that, he, you know, stares at the ceiling, thinks about things, and goes to bed. Not too much worse than before the case. Mr. O'Connor. Assume that Caleb is driving home and goes home 7.30, probably waits till about 8 30 and then as to not rush it when he wakes up he's going to want to call those schools uh see if anybody's there any secretaries in the office starting with saint francis so wait you go to sleep and no 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 oh, no okay so he doesn't have to rush and try to catch somebody at five o'clock when he's waking up mm-hmm. or 4 30 okay. he wants to wait till like 8 30 and then call those schools all right and i'm not going to go through and role play each individual call but what's the basis information that you want to get uh i want to know up till the beginning of the year if there's anybody any child 
within the i guess the range is let me go like five to like 14 and also do me a favor could you roll either persuade or law um because this might not be information that they're comfortable giving out over the phone i'm gonna roll persuade on this go ahead that's a one on an 80 nice how do you uh how do you how do you kind of phrase it i phrase it in a way that um just uh I don't know, maybe New Year, going through school records, just catching up, um, seeing if we had to update any of our records on any children in the area. Anybody, because I want to check, not anybody that just hasn't been showing up to school, but anybody that moved out of the school system in that time. So also, uh, one of the things that you kind of learn is that there's no reports of strange patterns of absences, but also the schools have, in the area, have a 15% dropout rate. So extended periods periods of absences are treated as dropouts. Okay. I want to know about those two of them. Yeah. Uh, you get a decent list of dropouts, but none of them perk up as fitting in your range. In fact, none of the children who quote unquote dropped out in recent time have been below the age of 14. Any of those names that I recognize from the report that they wrote up last night about um, the kids at the bar? No. Okay. There is one school, however, Churchill Middle School. Do you bring up... This is strictly just like a, hey, we're trying to update our records thing? Um, Just to make sure. It, I think I would emphasize that it, uh, if they did inquire into it, that it is for child safety in the end. Just figure out where all the kids are. Make sure that everybody's okay. Everybody's where they need to be. So you speak with a doctor... Weiss Clay. He's the principal there at Churchill Middle School. Yo, that dude's he's he's a child rapist. <laughs> Weiss Clay. <laughs> and he asks if you're actually interested in in meeting to talk about something because he says that there's something that has been bothering him. What time would work for you? Well, the kids don't go back to school until the 6th, so I was curious if sometime before then if we could set up an appointment. Um, well, I actually, um, work the night shift, uh, in the precinct, so, I mean, I could come during the day, but if there's any time, maybe we could go out, grab a cup of coffee, talk around 7, 7.30... Yeah, that, that would work for me. Absolutely. It's just something that's been bugging me, and I wanted to see if I could have someone who has any concern about child safety look into. Uh, of course, I appreciate it. Uh, does any night this week work for you? Uh, I could meet tonight if you're available. 7.30? At the coffee shop? Which coffee shop? Which coffee shop, Caleb? That's an awfully hot coffee. It's, an, <laughs> it's awfully, awfully hot. <laughs> Crescent Moon. That's Crescent the one moon? in Mulga Hill, I think. Crescent Moon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be great. I appreciate it, Detective O'Connor. Of course. Thank you for your time. Mm-hmm. What's his name? Weiss Clay. Dr. Weiss, Weiss Clay. Clay. W-E-I-S-S-C-L-A-Y. Weiss Clay. Um, and then after that, uh, I would be going to bed, probably waking up around 4 o'clock, 4.30 probably, eating dinner. Having my cigarettes? I need you to slow down a little bit. Oh, sorry. I need everyone to leave the table except for Caleb. Oh. Oh. You know what, Finn? I don't know why it feels like it's always just me and you. 
Always is. The second one of the campaign so far, right? Yes. Well, Caleb O'Connor, sleep takes you. You feel yourself rather quickly as your head hits the pillow, ripped into a dream. You feel scared. Blackness fades and gives way to a scene. It's night. You hear flowing water, a wooded area. Everything around you looks grayscale, monochrome. You feel cold. You're standing on a rocky outcropping overlooking a rushing river. You look over to your right and see an impression on a large rock, a silhouette that's been imprinted into the rock face. You instinctually approach it, slowly, reach your hand out. This etched cavity is for you. You take a step closer, taking a drawn look at it. It's calming. Slowly, you ease yourself face first into this impression, and it fits you perfectly. You fully press yourself in. The rock encases you flawlessly shaped to your form. You close your eyes, calmed by this completeness. You open your eyes and see nothing. Blackness. Everything else phases out. You can hear nothing, see nothing. Slowly, feeling leaves you. Until nothing. Complete nothing. And it stays this way for an impossible amount of time. It's a minute that feels like a lifetime or a lifetime that feels like a minute. Then you recognize a pair of eyes shoot open and stare in you. A soft voice whispers, Help me. And you shoot awake, freezing cold, drenched in sweat, heart racing frantically. You look around, and you're in your room. Should I recognize these eyes? You don't know where. They just felt familiar? Did I recognize the scene around me? Somewhere you've never been. I'm still in, like, a panic, you would say? For a couple of seconds. Is anybody next to me? It's my... Your wife. She is next to me? Mm. Uh, at this point, do you think she's on the same sleep cycle as no, you? No, probably not. Then she's probably not there. No, I want to walk out into the hallway. Mm -hmm. Is she... In the kitchen. She seems okay? Yeah, seems like she's making you a pot of coffee. Don't say anything. I don't know if she would notice me, but I want to walk in, check on my mother. She's okay. She's fine. Reading. Did I recognize the scene of um, where I was on that river? Nope. No. But it did feel familiar. Like all the different pieces of it kind of came from different places you've seen. And the more you think about it, the quicker the memory of the dream begins to fade. try as much as I can. Maybe not the scenery and everything else, but the voice and those eyes. Committed to memory? Yeah. Okay. I go out and smoke my cigarettes. Caleb, can you please roll sanity for me? It's pretty yep. wild. Yeah. Damn, yo. 81 out of 57. You're gonna lose one point of sanity. 
bad at all. Well, getting close to you, though. Yeah, you're fucked up, aren't you? Yeah. Like eight points away or something, right? <laughs> to be fair, I am eight points away now. Oh, God. So is there anything else that you do before your shift starts? Mm, no. Okay. No, I don't. Okay. So, everyone makes their various ways <laughs> towards real. the violent crimes unit. Uh, making your way back into the heart of Linwood and eventually to the police department where you will begin your shift. As compared to last time, there's none of the day shift guys who are kind of still hanging around. Um, the office is empty as you come in. I imagine the sergeant would get here first. Roy would get there first. Uh, Longo is nowhere. Lieutenant Longo is not in his office. Is this normal? Yeah, it's not okay. atypical. He might be doing something somewhere else. All right. And eventually everyone else makes their ways in, clocks in, and gets ready. It is 7 p.m. What do you guys want to do? So, I want to check. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. So, uh, I, was <laughs> I was waiting for it. I want to. I actually wanted to go up to uh, Jerry, and um, I want to say, Jerry. Uh, so, how's it going? How's Emma doing? She's fine. Yeah. Mm. Doing all right. Yeah, she's all right. Got you. All I'm right. like not making eye contact with you. Yeah. And I'm like chain smoking. All right. Roy sees it, and he's just like, "Well, all right, I'll let you get to it." Walks back over to his desk. The uh, the evidence that you guys kind of had scattered on on a table that you put together there. Um, everything that was there is still there, except for the lockbox. The lockbox is not there. The um, we we gave that to regular policemen for an assignment. You yeah to, to review. Yeah, uh, I mean you guys weren't you know there for the handoff or anything like that, but that was <laughs> we wrote the, up the assignment. That was the idea. Yes. Yeah. Who can I go talk to about if that's finished or not? Um, you're not sure. Essentially, you guys made the request to Lieutenant Longo to, hey, can you hand this off? And he's the one who kind of did the paperwork for that uh, outsourcing of the assignment. So until Longo gets there, you're not really sure. All right. Um, can I check out the bone? Yeah. Um, it's still there, wrapped in the bandage. Kind of take it out, unroll the bandage, and look at it. Is there any way I can tell how old the bone is? Um, what kind of bone it is? Yeah. Roll medicine or biology. Eighty-six on a twenty. No. All right. You would definitely need a medical professional to look at it. You think? All right. I want to. Because it's not like a really obvious bone. It's I wanna... small. I want to not even call the coroner. I just want to go there. Go to the, the morgue? Take the bone and go. Okay. All right. And you're making your way there. Um, I had a question about the bar that they visited last time. Sure. Uh, is the guy that was the bartender, was he the owner also of this bar? That is Ray's understanding, yes. Okay, that he's the owner. And, like, I'm just trying to grasp, like, a size. Is this, like, one of like, the bigger bars in this city? No. It's not? No, it's a smaller bar. Okay. Would bars... But it's like a hot spot for locals. Okay. So then, like, 
just to gauge so you know like um how like certain bars will have like uh where you can like they almost have like a liquor store in them where like yeah. you can take stuff to go yeah would this bar have one of those no they don't yeah okay and it only takes a few minutes of you guys kind of getting settled in for uh lieutenant longo to make his way down kind of looks over at the three of you now as jerry leaves uh and kind of give you guys a look how are we feeling today uh, is Jerry gone? Yeah. Gone. Okay. <clears throat> Not doing too bad, Lieutenant. Just got here getting settled in. Uh, Jerry's took off. I, I just wanted to tell you that he left and I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> no, I'm just like, I'm just like, um, Jerry took off, but should be back soon. He's trying to handle something, uh, saw him take off with the bone. Mm. So, um, what, uh, what possible leads do you guys have, at least that you're going to work on today? I plan on talking to the 14, trying to get a hold of these 14 landowners, see if I can find out anything about uh, my case. <laughs> well, speaking about your case, we uh, sent some officers out this morning to kind of do an extensive search in the river. Um... I had him start up at Silver Lake, follow the fork down, check both sides of where the river splits. They haven't turned up anything yet. They've been out there since nine. I think I'm going to call them back soon. All right. How's that dam holding up? What dam? They didn't tell you about the dam in the river? Mm-mm. Okay. It's just a small makeshift dam that was right by the park where the body was found. Yeah, I can have somebody check on it. All right. I'm sure, I mean, I didn't go out there with them. I'm sure if they saw it, they would have checked it. And did you hear from Gaines? Yeah, Gaines came back. He's actually out on the uh, on the search with them now. Perfect. He's pulling a double for this. I appreciate his work. Yeah. He seems pretty <clears throat> shook up about the whole thing. Understandably so. I can't wait for Gaines to get promoted, being our squad. <laughs> Don't want so to he's like, damn it, he already got me. <laughs> no, because those guys always get killed. I know. NPCs I know. Um, I was talking with a Dr. Weiss Clay from the uh, middle school. Mm. He said he might have some information regarding our case. So I told him I beat him. Actually, leaving. About ten minutes. Oh, great. What did he say it was related to? Any details? Nothing specific. Mm. Nothing yet. Okay. All right. Oh, we had somebody stake out that bar. I was going to ask you about that, Lieutenant. Yeah. Um, I got a report for you here. It was a uh, patrolman. What was uh, his name? Aaron Lang. Recruit. Young looking guy. We had him sit there from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. Uh, I got that report for you right here. And he hands it to you. Thank you very much. And I want to immediately get up mm-hmm. and just start looking for uh, name tags and okay. stuff, you know, for, yeah. for Aaron Lang. Yeah, and you start, you begin that 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 look around. And at this point, and are you, did you already leave, Caleb? Or you're still, no, still I was there? going to ask Roy if he was busy with anything else or if he wanted to come along as my partner to this meeting or if he had other matters to attend to today. Um, sure. I'll, yeah, I'll come with. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Um... Also, I know I keep harping on this bar. What time were they called out for that fight? 
What are you talking about? What time were they called out? What time was the fight reported? Oh, at the Cavalry Club? Yes. So, you guys left at 10. They got called out like 10.15. Okay. Um, and did we get a time on the report that the bar would have... Uh, that this fight would have taken place? When the call was? The yeah. original call? Mm -hmm. The original call was at like 9.55. 9.55. Uh, I gotta pee. That guy was the principal of the Churchill School, right? He's a fucking asshole. What? So I looked up the laws in Minnesota in 1971 <laughs> for bars, and you know what they can't do? They can't sell off-sale liquor on New Year's Day, and they can't sell alcohol. They can't be open. Guess what time they can't be passed open on New Year's Day? New Year's. Fucking 10 o'clock, and he said the incident <laughs> happened at 9.55. How the no! fuck did he know that? How the fuck did he know that? Oh my god. The stars look really nice tonight. <laughs> hmm. Did we ever check, like, the whole bar's employment? People that work there names? We just know the one, right? No, that's the owner of the bar. What's yeah. his name? Um, Newton. Will Newton. So, He's I have... have other people employed there, right? We should check that out. I have listened to the first <clears throat> recording... Like three times just to go through and check the quality on it and so far and i've listened to the other sessions too so far my favorite line in this entire fucking thing has been when you first walk up to will newton and you go mr newton <laughs> just like that and it is and it every single time i hear it i just like crack a smile because just mr newton hey, mr newton it's very funny to me uh, but yes, employment records is definitely something that you could get. You would probably have to request that from Mr. Newton. Uh, you managed to get a hold of Aaron Lang. Um, Officer Lang. Young looking guy. Clean shaven. Short haircut. Um, and he kind of looks at you. Almost, not like starstruck, but like someone from Violent Crimes Unit is walking up to me right now. Yeah. And he looks up. Can I do something for you? I take this paper that the lieutenant gave me and I throw it right on his desk. I say, well, I ain't reading this. You gonna tell me what you what you found out? And he kind of looks like a little nervous, like kind of caught out of his element. Um, so I went out there. Uh, one o'clock, they sent me out there. I And then I, and I grabbed a cigarette. I laid it. And, I, and he's like, as he's talking, he's like putting the cigarette towards his mouth. And it's kind of like bobbing up and down in his mouth as he's talking. The one o'clock, they sent me out there and, you know, I... Sat down, ordered a beer, um, made my way to a table, just kind of sat around and uh, stayed out there for a couple hours, had a couple beers. Um, this, uh, this, this Will, Will Newton, I didn't notice him serving anybody who looked young. In fact, probably around like 4.30, 4.40, a uh, younger man kind of came up. Uh, Will looked like he was giving him some trouble, asked to see his ID, and kicked him out, didn't serve him. I didn't notice anything else suspicious. No other characters walking in around there? Who's <laughs> just coughing on the cigarette? It's gagging. No, I didn't, I, didn't, I, I, didn't, I didn't see anybody who, you know, looked uh, suspicious or, or shady or anything like that. Was it just Mr. Newton down there? Was, did he have a busboy or anything going? Yeah, he had uh, two waitresses kind of walking around. Two waitresses. All right. 
I appreciate your work, Officer Lang. We'll probably be using you in the near future for some more stakeouts. Absolutely, or absolutely. I'd like, 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 I'd love to be a help if I can be. <laughs> That's good. Sounds good, my boy. Shakes his head, like as you walk away, like he like takes a cigarette out and like puts it out <laughs> on a ashtray. Okay. Yeah. So I just go back to my desk. Mm-hmm. So. Roy, Caleb, you guys are making your way towards this uh, meeting with a one uh, Weiss Clay. Jerry, and you're heading towards the morgue. Um, not going to role play it out, but if you ask the uh, coroner to take a look at the bone, he's able to identify it for you. <coughs> what is it? It's a bone. <laughs> Silly. It's a metal. Yeah, it's a it's a metacarpal bone. Bone that's in your yeah. foot. No, well, your finger. one of them. It's particularly yeah. the one in your hand. Um, this bone right here. There's a couple there of them for the each figure finger, but it is uh, like this bone or this bone, this one for each finger. Uh, he's able to identify that the age, of the person who this bone belonged to, is between ten and fifteen years old. The sex is impossible to determine. Uh, without the full hand, uh, but the coroner, he can tell you that the bone has been removed from its owner for probably more than three or four years. Hmm. Was it removed cleanly? Is there any other little detail that I can get from him? So, essentially, the bone itself is completely intact. It's just connected by cartilage, right? So it's not really... Like, it wasn't snapped. There's no way. It wasn't... You can't tell how it was removed. Looks to be a clean cut. Uh, maybe it was removed from a corpse that was decaying, or maybe it was... The hand was severed, and the bone itself was removed, or anything like that, but it doesn't look like it was... The bone's intact, mm -hmm. basically. Okay. All right. Take the bone. What's Corner's name? I'm trying to think. I, I'm not trying to think of a name. I'm trying to think whether or not this would be Davy Jones. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It's 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 David Jones. <sighs> Fucking love David Jones, dude. He is a good guy. This is, this is a good man. That's a good ass corner. He knows he his bones. <laughs> he does. David Jones knows his bones. David Jones knows his bones. <laughs> All right, Fuck Jerry, man. like, very pleased. Shakes Davis, Davy's hand, mm -hmm. and so now speeds back to the office. Mm -hmm. So you two are headed towards Crescent Moon. Crescent Moon Cafe, uh, coffee shop, coffee and donuts. Uh, you guys make your way in. Um, before you guys step in, you can see standing outside is a older-looking man uh, who kind of sees two detectives or a detective and a sergeant, two police officers stamp, step up in front of him and he kind of, like, gives you, like, a side eye, almost, like, trying to read you as you're approaching. Uh, Dr. Clay? Mr. O'Connor. You spoke on the phone? Yes. Yes. Um, I brought my partner here to work the night shift together. Uh, just brought him along. Anything you can give us yeah, I, uh, would I, be I, very helpful. I won't take up much of your time, I promise. Head in. Step in with him. 
quickly get a cup of coffee, kind of sit around. What 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 don't I do? It's a chocolate donut. Uh, glazed. I'm gonna get a jelly. <laughs> Come on, Roy gags. <laughs> <laughs> and what kind of donut does Doctor Clay get? I know I have this in my notes somewhere. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he gets a um, he gets a glazed donut. You're looking at this guy, older guy, little on the edge of heavy set. He's got a goatee, all gray. Um, he doesn't look like a bad dude. Um, but he kind of, in between sips of coffee, says, "When you brought up things about you know attendance records and stuff like that, I." Uh, I've been getting concerned because our school is right across from the trailer park up in the northeast. Uh, which trailer park would that be? I don't think it has a name. But I know that there's some kids that live out there that, well, none of them really go to school. And I was starting to get a little concerned when you talk about attendance records and dropout rates. And, you know, and you're talking about child safety and... Uh, the living conditions there concern me and my staff. Uh, you have uh, noticed a glaring lack of adults. Well, there are adults, but not responsible adults. I see, I see. And how long have you been over at the middle school, if you don't mind me asking? I've been the head principal for 12 years. What school is this? This is uh, Churchill Middle. Churchill Middle. So when you make phone calls about child safety and, you know, attendance rates and stuff like that, that's something that gets off in my head. And I've been trying to contact police officers about it, and uh, I'm glad one fell into my lap in such a way. No, we appreciate any type of information. Has there been any uh, specific instances where... um, these kids had any uh, impact on your school maybe any students at your school oh they're not troubled children to say it's just uh, I would prefer to see them educated in a way I suppose more of a recruitment procedure and there would be some easy programs to attend your school if I were to talk to some of these children absolutely the parents seem either unwilling or uninterested. It's just something that's been worrying me is all. And you seem like a decent man. Thank you. You yourself. Not something I'm opposed to, I wouldn't say. Yeah, I think that me and my partner can definitely take a look down there. Uh, and make sure that this area is, uh, is safe and these children are uh, well educated. I appreciate that. Can I roll human intelligence on this guy? Absolutely. Mm. Can I do it as well? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> do you say mm, like I should roll something different? No. Oh, okay. I was gonna say Roy can roll it as well. No. Forty on a seventy. Forty-five on a fifty. Both of you pass. Both of you get the same vibe from this guy. On the surface, seems a little weird. But in hearing his conversation, looking at his face, when you agree to look into it, it he kind of light lights up, like his face lights up. He seems like he genuinely cares about 
these kids well-being and especially because he's been principal for 12 years he says his staff's worried about it this is probably something that they've been talking about a lot he also mentions that he t tried to get other police involved or something like that it seems like and you guys both know from working in this police department and working as part of this city city hall's stance on poverty is non-existent in linwood falls homelessness and poverty rates and stuff like that city hall doesn't really care so it's not a stretch for people who are in albeit slight positions of power who have a good heart genuinely want to try to do some good when did when was this previous request made you ask him yeah uh, I would say at the start of the school year in September. Okay, fairly recently. Mm -hmm. All right. So you would guess either, like I said, City Hall doesn't care, or that hasn't been passed down the wire yet. Mm -hmm. And would this be a responsibility for violent crimes? Probably not. Mm -hmm. But never told him I was part of violent crimes. That's true. Just a concerned officer, finally giving into his request, maybe. Well, you finish your coffee, finish your donuts. Yeah. Make your way out. Thank him. He thanks you. Solid handshake and tell him anything else that ever comes across. Feel free to give me a call. Jot my number down on the back of the receipt. Mm -hmm. Hand it to him. And he kind of looks down at it and... Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. I appreciate all that you're doing for this city. And he nods. Right, just... Shakes his hand. Mm -hmm. Dr. Clay just walks away. Gotcha. So is it the northwest or the northeast? Northeast. It is just trailer park. <laughs> so, do you think this is something worth looking at? Are we back in the car at this point? Yeah. Alright. Do you think that this would be something worth looking into? We have... At least one missing child. Possibly more. You got anything going on for the rest of the night? I'm with you. I'm pretty much waiting on the report to get back when they finish cleaning up the, uh... Finish looking, looking around at the spot, at the site. And almost as if on cue from God, your radio goes off. And you hear Lieutenant Longo's voice. Sarge? Copy. Sarge, I found something. I want you to make your way back to the station. I look at Caleb and just bite my tongue and... Copy that, we're headed back. Okay, you suckle. <laughs> Can I flick the lights? Do you ask for it? Still... Yeah, no, no, I ask him. <laughs> yes, go for it. <laughs> what, what sound do they make? What sound do they make, man? <laughs> I think Nick nailed it. Uh, I want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> One of the long boys. <laughs> the long one does sound like, like an old cop uh, yeah. siren. Uh, and you guys speed off down uh, the street back to the police station. At this point in time, you, Jerry, are coming back from the morgue. You kind of, in this time, after finishing up with Aaron Lang, uh, what the, 
what do you what do you do? Um. So Ray, he's well. All right. To to the rest of the group, when you come back, Ray is at his desk, seemingly kind of just sitting around smoking a cigarette, waiting for you guys to get back. Just taking it low key. Yeah. Um, Hardly working. He's really looking through files. Um. For things that are irrelevant to either of the things that have been going on. Gotcha. Just doing, like, general paperwork? Personal paperwork, but, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, so, as uh, Sergeant and Detective O'Connor make their way back, Jerry, you kind of arrive at the same time. Uh, you guys walk down into Island Crimes to see Ray sitting at his desk. Um, Lieutenant Longo walks in shortly after... Um, and looks towards Sergeant McNeil and says, uh, officers Gaines and Burks, they found a, a jawbone. They think it might be related. Are they still outside? They're on their way back with it now. The rest of the officers are still finishing up. All right, we'll be waiting for them. Gaines and who? Burks. Burks. Am I, like, right here? Yeah. I take, like, the bone out of, like, my coat pocket or something like that. I went to Davy Jones. 10 to 15 years old. Oh, it's on the desk? Yeah, just put it there and I start walking away. All right, well, that happened. And I, I turn to Caleb and I kind of whisper. Um, I, we'll just have to be putting off what we talked about earlier until this gets sorted out. I agree. You got, I, I like, how, can you explain, like, we're in, like, a room with our desks? Like, is that what it's like? So, the violent crimes unit, like I explained, I, I think I only said it once in the first session. Basically, you walk in the front door of the police department, walk down a set of steps that are off to the left, and it's basically like a basement. It's a room with two private offices uh, and a whole slew of desks. And the violent crimes unit has a day shift, a night shift, and like a like a relief shift that kind of fills in those gaps in between your guys' uh, normal schedules. So there are a lot of desks for all the different shift members. All right. Well, I imagine like I walk away and is everybody, are you guys all like just scattered next to the desk? I like just kind of so. like standing around there. Jerry's going to be like, you said the kid in the river was cut up, right? That's right. Well... Davy also said that that's this was probably amputated, cut out pretty cleanly. Did he mention? But why did he keep this one bone? Had he mentioned how long that he said that it was probably done like two to three years ago? He must have years. felt special about this person. Yeah, I mean, unless. Body parts were cut off at different times. Ours seem to be only a few months at most old. That's right. This bone you got. Yeah, but he the difference between that is he threw them all in a river. Why did he keep this one bone? Is it confirmed if this bone from the hand that we found in his apartment is that a is that a child's bone or is that yeah, a full grown adult? Ten ten to fifteen years old. He didn't mention 
He didn't happen to mention our case at all, did he? Mm-mm. Oh. He still has that body. Got over there. Maybe we can have him look at the jaw. Yeah. Look at the rest of the body. See if he can match anything up. Can I, uh... I want to go and I want to figure out all the names of the people that work at the bar. So you make your way out to, uh... Well, and if if there's any that are RJ. Yeah, you would, uh, you would have to... <clears throat> like, you wouldn't have those records on file. You would have to go to the bar and ask Newton for them. Is that something that you would want to do? Um... Yeah. Yeah, okay. You make your way out. Jerry leaves couple minutes pass and stepping down into the violent crimes unit you guys recognize officer Gaines, and you recognize officer burks i believe he was one of the officers that was at the uh at the cavalry club when the uh, incident first went down uh Gaines looks pretty shot um you can see him you know eyes drooping a little bit um he's got a evidence back in his hand what does officer Gaines look like i mentioned before he's probably like early 30s black bald shaved head um decent build okay woke up and i i shake his hand um i imagine i know burks but i i know what Gaines has recently went through with Mm -hmm. this case yeah what you got for me Gaines? so uh me and burks we uh split off the river basically forks you guys found body well and he kind of catches himself. I found the body. Statterly Park. We decided to expand the search. Maybe the body was dumped further up the river. So me and Burks, we checked that right fork. It runs behind a golf course. The creek thins. Really thin. And he kind of holds up the bag. And you can see it looks like a... It's tough to tell, honestly, what it looks like. He says, It's a jawbone, skin still attached... It was in the shallowest part of the water there. It's small, so it's not a leap to say, even without medical examination. And he kind of loses his train of thought. If you want, I, I can I can take it over to the morgue. I could have uh, someone look at it there. Do you want me to go? How long you work until? And he kind of like looks off. Um. I'm not really, not really set on a on a on a schedule right now. Can I roll human? Like, does he want to do this, or ch- I I kind of want to hook him up if he doesn't want to do this. Roll human intelligence. What's up? Is the bag clear? Yes, we can see. Is it a full bottom? Yeah, looks bottom like a jaw. full bottom jaw. If you if you take it and like kind of look at it through the the wrap, like the the bag, um. Yeah, it looks like a full, complete bottom jaw set. Is there teeth in this? There thing? are. Oh. Uh, 92 on a 70. He looks tired, but he looks... He looks pumped. You know, he looks like he... He looks like he's stuck. He's stuck? I can't tell you any more than that. I don't say anything to him. I just walk over to the lieutenant. And I'm like, how many guys we got upstairs right now? Well, it's the whole night shift. Looking at... Other than these two, four or five guys. Anyone busy? Yeah, they're pretty much all doing this search. The day shift guys switched off with the night shift guys, but any kind of turns to the side to kind of talk to you. Mm-hmm. Gaines hasn't gone home yet. 
I, I imagine that Roy would know. What's the name of the the dude, the officer that uh, Ray talked to? Aaron Lang. I'm like, all right, thank you. I walk upstairs and I go, I go to Aaron. Mm-hmm. Aaron, yeah, what are you up to? Looks up from a pile of papers on his desk. Uh, I Look, just... I got something for you. Um, how about you come downstairs with me, and we're, you're gonna relieve one of our one of our guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, right now. Right now, if you're ready. Absolutely, sure, 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 sure. Kind of brushes some stuff off his desk and like puts it into a pile and like taps the papers all straight and stands up. All right, right. Yeah, come down. I just imagine he's following me mm-hmm. down. Yep. Um, and I walk. Um, I, I turn to Ray. I'm like, I'm not taking him from you, am I? Not at all. I was planning on doing something myself anyway, so. Perfect. You have fun, Aaron. Gaines, go home. Relax. I'll see you next time you're back. You're free to go. Uh, Actually, if I could have you just for one quick second. Do we have a map of Linwood Falls down here? Yeah. It's hanging up on the... Could I just ask you to put the best you can a general pin in the area of where you found this jawbone? Absolutely, yeah. And he kind of steps up and rather quickly pops a pin right there. And then can I put a pin where we found the body originally? Yes. You do that as well. And so... I imagine you would know. Statterly Park is down there. Mm-hmm. And the jawbone was found here. Yep. Got Which it. way does the river flow? North to south. It flows out of Silver Lake. And how far apart would you... Where are the parks north? Yeah, this is trail... Um, how far would you say that, um, these were found apart? Like, how far is the search expanding? Well, it seems like they're following the river. Yeah, but is it... It's a a pretty big distance, right? Oh, yeah, it's pretty far. It's like the length of the town, basically. Uh, and Gaines pops the pin in and, uh, looks over to the sergeant and says, I I can, I can still help out. I, I don't... Go home. Take a rest. It'd be good for you. So, with Officer Gaines essentially being dismissed, he makes his way out. Uh, Lieutenant Longo approaches Officer Lang and kind of gives him the assignment. You know, they're wrapping up a, a search of this area, that area. You know, you go help him out. And, uh, Lang and Burks leave. All right. And Gaines also, you can see his shoulders kind of drop, almost like the weight of everything kind of catches up and hits him all at once and he doesn't say anything and leaves okay uh where are Burks and Lang going to finish up the rest of that search down that fort okay gotcha you imagine that other officers picked up like where they stopped but just to finish up this uh this police line search if you have time did you want to check out the trailer park do we have time for that? Is this known as like a more dangerous place around town? I mean, it is a high crime area. Uh, and the residents are typically wary of police. I wouldn't say dangerous. Well, I would say dangerous. Yeah, you, you would you would think that this is a this is a more dangerous area, particularly because there's uh, like a homeless element that just kind of sets up tents there. It's not really a heavily regulated area. Just make sure that I have 
all my gear, enough gear, mm. to go out in. And do you, uh, do you tell Lieutenant Long? Yeah, yeah, here? yeah. Where we're headed? Mm-hmm. Just to check out. Uh, maybe a lead. Uh, we have gotten no. I mean, the first thing we thought of was looking through missing persons reports. Missing kids. Mm. So, we're just trying to find, follow through with every avenue we can with kids that might have gone missing. Alright, well, uh, I don't see how it exactly pertains, but I'm, I'm glad you're casting a wide net. I was thinking about kids that, well, this kid had to come from somewhere, so maybe a place that wouldn't report a child missing. That is a good point. Uh, if you get finished up at a decent time, I think I have a pretty good idea of something you guys can do to, uh, progress this case a little bit. There's a criminal informant that I know he, uh, was dealt with in Minneapolis, some pedophile rings up in that area. He might have some information regarding the situation that we find ourselves in. Uh, maybe we can swing by on our way back. What time do you guys think you'll be finished by? What time is it? At this point, probably like 8.30. He, okay, he, he, I guess he works the same shift as us, right? This criminal informant or, or like, he, you know, he's available during these, these hours. Do you ask him? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, we have him on record as working with police before. I haven't reached out, but I know the guys up in Minneapolis use him a lot. So I can't imagine he would be a hard guy to get a hand on if you want I can reach out set up something see if I can set it up for around 1030 yes if you could all right uh, I'll reach out to you when I get anything set up if I hear back from cool thank you yeah mm -hmm. I just basic stuff just want to make sure I got my flashlight pepper spray um, I want to make sure whatever we have in our in our car we need just one shotgun yeah. Got one shoddy in the back. Yeah. Shotgun in the trunk for popping a trunk? Yeah. Mm, uh, definitely. If there's any, um, maybe bulking up, maybe not dress pants, if we're going to be around, I'm assuming, an area that's probably not well uh, manicured. Mm -hmm. um, making sure I got some thick pants for wading around if I need to. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, Ray, you kind of get the general idea that they're heading out to this trailer park to do whatever it is that they're going to do there. Um, Jerry is on his way to get reports of employment records <clears throat> from Cavalry Club. What are you doing? Um, so a couple things. Um, as I'm hearing them be informed uh, by Lieutenant Longo, Luongo about this informant, um, my head kind of shoots up. Mm. And uh, I wait. I, Jerry already left. I wait for them to leave. Mm -hmm. And I kind of follow uh, Lieutenant back into his office. I presume he goes in there. Mm-hmm. And I just knock on his door. I say, Lieutenant, you said that fellow was coming in at 1030? Well, that's what I was going to try and set up for him. Do you want to meet with him? If you could have an extra chair set up in there, I'd be very happy about that. Absolutely. I can give you a little bit of information on him, too. So maybe you can prep before they head in. I appreciate that. Sure thing. And he gives you a little bit of information on the guy. His name is Curtis Collins. You basically get his file. He was arrested, faced incarceration in 1965 for possession of child pornography. 
He helped detectives in Minneapolis bust a pedophile ring up there with like his knowledge of the criminal tendencies. His charges were lowered and then eventually dropped altogether because he was so helpful in basically building this case to take down a sizable number of uh, criminal pedophiles. He doesn't live in the area, but not too far away, probably like an hour away. And he, well, I, I mean, I would assume if he's cooperating with police, but there's no other criminal flags other than the crime he was arrested for. And then he's no. Okay. Nothing pops up as a red flag or any kind of additional record. Well, I appreciate the information, Lieutenant. I'll be prepared. Absolutely. Roy and O'Connor, as you guys are making your way out, Roy, there's an officer in the lobby. You've seen him around the office a couple times, never really talked to him, uh, but he begins approaching you slowly. He's got a folder in his hands. His eyes are slightly red, his body language is stiff. He looks at you with a complicated expression. Exhaustion. Anger? It's not anger, it's like hate. Resentment. His empty fist clenches and he just extends this folder out to you and his lips curl and his jaw kind of clenches grab it and take it quickly scratches his temple like he's about to say something but nothing comes out he turns around quickly and walks away did I get a name tag on this guy this is Albert Larson and the first thing that you noticed about him is he had, like, chevron insignias on his uniform. He's a sergeant. Works in investigation. Linwood Falls. Yep. Where's he walking off to? Looks like back to the investigative unit. Okay, open the folder up. It is a report on the lockbox pictures. Oh. Hey, Roy. Oh. He, he does like... Not like a... Uh, of disgust, but just like, oh, Jesus. Okay. Um, okay, I, I sift through it. A lot of information here. The first thing that you can gather is that this report is halfway done. Looks like it's going to take them another shift to do it. Ooh. But they have a decent amount of information for you. First of all, 32 pictures in total, consisting of 20 Polaroids and 12 regular cut photos like 8 by 10s that have been cut the second is that there's no dates or any markings or scribblings on any of the pictures each picture shows a single subject their face is always cropped out typically the entire head is cropped out but in a few cases it looks like the like the bottom half of the face is in the picture 20 of the pictures depict males 12 depict females no apparent visible injuries. At least 25 different individuals. It's difficult to determine exactly if there are, you know, the same individual in different pictures, but there's at least 25 different ones. There are no sex acts, only poses. At least 12 different locations. Carpeted rooms, 
warehouses, on a mattress, uh, different furniture and stuff like that. Um, also, it seems like the investigative unit is in the process of making censored copies for additional evidence. Uh, generating physical descriptions of each subject is also something that they're doing, and uh, they're also looking into case tie-ins. Did it mention any of these pictures? None of them were outside, it seemed? No. Okay. What's the lighting? Actually, I just want to take the folder downstairs. I just want to walk it downstairs, Mm -hmm. knock on the lieutenant's door. It looks like he just finished up a conversation with Ray. Okay, just... Am I there? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I just want to wave it over to the lieutenant and be like, day shift's halfway done their report, hand it to you, and I say, you might be interested in this while we're gone. We can get back and talk about it. I'm not interested, but I'll take it. Understandably. I walk out and leave with, if if Caleb still wants to leave, yeah. Yeah. At this point, Jerry, you make your way towards the Cavalry Club. Uh, Will Newton is behind the bar. Looks like he's tending the bar. Kind of sees you walk in. Detective? Mr. Newton? How you doing? I have been better. Me too. Listen, I want, um, I just want to get a record of all the employees that work here, maybe have worked here, say, in the past year. Yeah, I can get you that. All right, thank you. Mm -hmm. Short time passes. Looks like he goes into a side office, uh, comes back with a list of names for you. Looks like there's about 20 people that have worked here in the past year. Looks like on staff right now, he has himself, an additional bartender, two waitresses, two cooks, and a busboy. Can I take a quick scan on the names? Nothing pops out as familiar. Nothing, RJ? Nope. No, 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 no names that start with R at all. Okay. He seemed nervous to me. Why Why does he say he's been better? Roll human intelligence. 21. One of 71. He had a murder happen in his bar last night. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm going back. Okay. I'm going fast this time. Okay. Pedal (laughs) to the metal. Pedal to the metal. So, with new leads and continued investigation in Linwood Falls, the four of you are hard at work, but that is where we're going to pick up next session. About to take a piss. Thanks for listening to this episode of LFVCU, a nasty table production.